uh, Hostess TMNT Turtle Pies. Oh, man. Yeah, talk about the collectible that everybody had and nobody has anymore. So... Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have this, you're gross. Don't just get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, don't, just don't eat it. You could die. You'll or probably, explode. Yeah. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my main man, my brother from another mother, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hey everyone, Calabunga. <laughs> How's it going, my man? Oh, not too bad. Oh, good. Just, uh, just, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> just too, too early. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just making sure I've got everything we need for the episode all right here within reach. Right, right, all, all in so your I, head. <laughs> just so I can forget about it anyway, yeah. So. Uh, I hear you, man, I hear you. So, so you had a good couple weeks? It's been a little while since we've talked. Yeah, it's been about two weeks since we've had a podcast, yeah. Um, no, I've been... Doing pretty well, you know. I'm glad it's the weekend. Like the weekends are just getting shorter and shorter, mm-hmm. and uh, work is being all hectic and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Is that a Game Boy yeah. I heard in the background? Oh, that was my phone. Oh, oh I love that sound. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a Game Boy anymore. I haven't had a Game Boy since oh man, 1990. What? Five. Oh, Josh, we yeah. gotta fix that, man. I think I've got an extra at the house. I'll send you one. Oh no! Don't worry about that. Oh, get no, out of here! Not... I got a million of them. Get out of here. Well, I've got the I've got the Super Game Boy, like you know the little Game Boy attachment that you put into the Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. So like I I used that when I had a Super Nintendo. So <laughs> I've got a couple of Game Boy games here. Um, nice. So one day I'll replace a Nintendo and just you know, then I'll be able to do that. I'm getting. I really want to get uh, some old retro systems just because nowadays are just really ticking me off so, <laughs> and i'm not saying like well our, it was better when we were kids it was, well no it really wasn't um here we go josh but, cynic here we go <laughs> no no no. it's, it's actually not no the uh, the optimist here yeah this is the optimist the optimist and josh the optimist and josh the cynic really sound the same you just have to kind of know what i'm talking still about sound sarcastic either way <laughs> yeah i'm sorry and that's just me i yeah. love it <laughs> just so, um, yeah, but anyways, this week in Ninja Turtle history, Injara makes her first appearance in the Archie TMNT Adventure oh. Series. Yeah, that was Raph's girl in, in January of 1992. Man, Raph gets all the girls, man. You ever notice? No kidding, that? yeah. yeah. The- Ara, Mona Lisa, probably going to hook up with Alapex, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's the bad boy. Girls like the bad boy. I know, yeah. All you need is a motorcycle, leather jacket, and a cigarette in his mouth, and he's just like, he just, I just hate you. True. Now. Well, you know, yeah. he's got the motorcycle. Oh, he Remember does. Remember in the 2007 film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's always <laughs> got that. He's always got a motorcycle, yeah. So. I know. He kind of, you know, he's the loner. He kind of goes out off on his own. And he did have the trench coat in uh, the 1990s film. I'm telling you, he, he's the bad boy. Yeah. Which he's, is, 
Just ridiculous. Now, oh my god, he's so sensitive on the inside. No, he's just kind of a... <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, he's the, he's the James Dean of uh, the Ninja yeah. Turtles. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know what? And I say that fully owning it because I so identify with Raphael where he's just kind of like, I'm a loner, man. You don't get it. Please talk to me. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very true. And then... um. On January 22nd, so – oh, I'm sorry, 27th, so here in a, just a few days, probably around the time you hear this, uh, Peter Laird. He was born in 1954. Uh, he'll be 63 years old this year. So that is, Man. again, on January 27th. That's, what, six days from now. Crazy Good stuff. Good for you, Peter Laird. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Yeah. All right. So, Hoser, have you gotten any Ninja Turtle pickups in the last couple of weeks? Oh God, I've got a few. Yeah, oh, I didn't mean to. It just kind of all came at one time, so it looks like I have a problem. But I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Sure, we've heard this. Okay, so I got a couple of really cool pickups. My wife got me as a surprise. She got me a bunch of the Funko Pop uh, Ninja Turtle figures. Ah, oh, what a woman! I've got those on the shelves up here. I've got all four turtles, which I had, and Splinter, which is another one that I had. But she got me an April and Casey Jones. And oh, awesome. It's straight up from the old cartoon, April in the yellow jumpsuit, and then uh, Casey Jones with the the big single shoulder pad and the big gray mask and wild hair and everything. And he, <laughs> he looks really cool. He's holding a goalie stick, I should say. Yeah. That's awesome. And those are pretty cool. And But, like, the big one that I had gotten actually yesterday was I got the Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past board game, the Kickstarter one. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Do you have your camera on? Um, let me pull it up right now. Yes, I got it on now. Okay. This is it right here. So, oh, my God. That's huge. It is huge, yeah. She backed it on Kickstarter and got, like, the big uh, – it's called the Works Edition. No way. So it's got, like, so many extras in it. It's, like, got – it's an RPG, basically, a, t- a tabletop RPG, kind of like Dungeons & Dragons. And – it's a really massive game. It's for two to five players, and it take it could take about an hour to an hour and a half to play. And it's got uh, Kickstarter-specific scenarios, but this thing came with the first issue, a specific limited edition issue of the IDW comics. It's got wow. a couple of a couple of uh, lithographs, pinups of the Ninja Turtles, and a couple of them are signed by Kevin Eastman. Wow, so no kidding. Yeah, and it's got like. Just dozens of uh, playable figures, like token, like the Monopoly figures, but they're made of plastic for for the actual board game itself. And uh, yeah, but there was a huge problem with this because she donated it to the Kickstarter like what a year and a half ago when it was yeah, announced. Yeah, yeah, remember that. And she started noticing on Twitter and Facebook, and on, because she's she, uh, I guess, liked this thing on Facebook so she could get updates from it. Yeah. And, for the last like three months, everybody had been getting theirs, and through a problem with through an error with shipping, they didn't send ours. No kidding. And, and Nicole was fuming mad, and she was talking because she wants to play it too, and so she like ta- she went to like sent an email to IDW and was like, "Look, we paid for this stupid thing. I don't even want it anymore." <laughs> but you know, but <laughs> you owe us a game. And, yeah. <laughs> wow, honey. So she sent a very. Uh, concisely worded email <laughs> to, uh, to so IDW. I'm not, I'm not seeing like, her well, mad. Uh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I guess I'm, she kind of just shot my hopes for ever working for IDW, I guess. <laughs> oh, there goes that bridge. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, so you killed the horse, shot it while it was down, and buried it. Good job. <laughs> so, But the big turtle pickup that I wanted to talk about was I have right here the... Um, oh, man, that's gorgeous. This uh, amazing Krang figure. from It's a third-party figure, so it's an unofficially... Li- it's a non-official uh, Ninja Turtles figure. It's from a company called First Gokin, which manufactures out of Hong Kong. And it's called the NT1, NT01 Cerebral. And the reason it's called Cerebral is since it's not a licensed figure, it couldn't call it uh, the Krang figure. <laughs> so what this is, is this is a... Modernized, yeah, it's a ten-inch modernized uh, update on the Krang. And Krang actually comes out of this uh, cockpit <laughs> here, and the Krang android body is what I'm trying to say. It's the big Krang android body here. Oh man, it looks great. And one thing, this is my favorite feature on this thing is the actual Krang figure. When you put it inside of the uh, android body, the Krang figure itself actually has a big magnet to hold it in place. So. It actually- <laughs> You can just like hold it around and shake it around, and it won't move. No way! That is awesome. It's shiny too. Yeah the uh, the torso, the feet, and the shoulder pads are all die cast metal. Ah, oh, so it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. So you can actually really just plant this thing down when you're posing it. And this uh, <laughs> the box is hilarious because it has <laughs> a warning label on it that says "warning," and it's not like choking hazard or small pieces. It says "warning: this is not a toy for collectors only." <laughs> so it's wow, straight up like telling that. you it's straight up telling you this is not meant to be like thrown down a uh, flight of stairs or a toilet bowl it's like pose <laughs> this and look at it don't touch it leave it alone so and that's for me that's cool that's what i do anyway i just pose it and put it on a shelf except this thing is so heavy i have to get a new shelf and brackets and everything so i can put this someplace no kidding man that's yeah. awesome and i'm really happy I, man this thing this thing just, I, I don't even have to buy another Krang figure because, like, this is the Krang figure in my Yeah, I, I agree. So how the heck did you find that? I found this um, uh, on YouTube, actually. I subscribed to uh, the uh, Pixel Dan channel. Uh, Pixel oh, yeah. Dan, he has a great channel, and all he does is toy reviews. You think I have a lot of toys. Like, this guy, man, he did a tour of his toy room, and just, like, you, he was apologizing to the camera. He's like, I'm sorry, this is embarrassing. I don't even have enough room in here to walk around. <laughs> and But it's a great channel. Guy's very charismatic. He's really funny. He's got a great podcast. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah, it's a channel called Pixel, the Pixel Dan Channel. And he was reviewing this figure. And I saw that and I was like, I wonder how much that is. So I looked it up on eBay because you can't find it on other just like, you know, Big Bad Toy Store or Luna Toy Stores. You can't find them anywhere. I found one on Amazon for $200, and I found one on eBay. Well, there's like several on eBay for like 160 to 180 I was like, okay, I'll put it on eBay. And so I just like bookmarked the page and just waited <laughs> so I could <laughs> save up my I – I saved up for like four months to get this stupid thing because I already knew I was going to get the sewer play set, so I was saving for that at the same time. And so jealous. I'm sorry. I don't mean. It. I don't. I don't say this kind of stuff to make you jealous. But <laughs> well, I know. I know. But still. But haha. So. <laughs> and one one cool feature on this thing is uh, you have to put batteries in the back because like the actual cockpit that Krang is in has an LED light in it. Has a blue LED light in it. And oh, so you can awesome. actually light it up. 
But the only like thing that scares me, and even Pixel Dan said the same thing, like the legs actually kind of feel hollow. So it's really, I'm really cautious about posing it in like really crazy ways. <laughs> and uh, one thing that's really cool is like the hands will actually pop off, and it came with these axe accessories that you can plug into the wrist. So he's got like you know how the Krang uh, android from the cartoon would like turn its hands into like blades and throwing stuff. Oh, yeah. So he's got two of these little axes. Oh, awesome. One can go into each hand. And, uh, yeah, it's got a great gulp. Very, it modernizes the uh, um, old android body from the cartoon. Yeah. And looks just, it looks terrible, and it looks amazing all at the same time. <laughs> because it is just a gross man-baby robot, you know? <laughs> well, you know, he's bulked up in this figure. Oh yeah, he he looks impressive. Yeah, but he's got like the the weird '80s sunglasses, the visor, and yeah, looks just looks so cool. Just looks it's on my dresser with a couple of Ninja Turtles that are about to fight him. Um, yeah, looks great. Pretty sweet, man. I jeez, I'm jealous. But uh, yeah, I have gotten absolutely nothing in the last two weeks. I, I felt really really bad. Um, got a lot of Star Wars pickups, you know, kind of in preparation for Star Wars ties, but Turtle mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I know um, the Universe Issue 6 and, uh, what is it, uh, Issue 60... 66? 66 of the IDW run. They're coming out soon. Oh, um, uh, Issue 6 of Universe came out on Wednesday. Oh, okay, so it's in my box, probably. And so I think uh, 66 will come out probably this week, this upcoming yeah. week. Yeah, so by the time you guys listen to this, it'll already be out. Go, go get that stuff. It's it's uh, some good stuff coming up. I know with uh, issue sixty six, there's going to be a spotlight on Raph and and like you said, Alapex. So yeah, finally Something going on there. Hearing, you've been hearing about for five issues that he was going to go find Alapex. I was like, okay, well, when are you going to go? Yeah, <laughs> when are you going? I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so for me, uh, the only thing I've really been doing was uh, reading the rest of that um, Ninja Turtle magazine, and I got to thinking. I'd really like to write a blog on just random turtle stuff, you know, some more obscure stuff. And I was thinking about calling um, Radical Rob's, I don't know, turtle blog or something like that. So <laughs> stay, stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can put something together for that. When heroes in a half show are making a surprise, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Pie, fresh from the sewers to you. Their minds are delicious, you know that's true, because they're filled with mutagen goo. But as far as Radical Relics go, you know, talking about random stuff, this week I thought we could talk about, thanks to our buddy Brian, he sent us an email, I thought we could talk about something that's mm, probably a little bit obscure for some, but a lot of us will also recognize, and a lot of us also probably remember these, and that is the uh, Hostess TMNT Turtle Pies. Oh, man, yeah, talk about the collectible that everybody had and nobody has anymore, so... Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have this, you're gross. Don't just get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, don't, just don't eat it. You could die You'll or explode. Die. Yeah. But it was it, it was the only time straight from the sewer sounded appetizing. <laughs> yeah, they were even green. You know, the funny thing is, I don't know if I ever had one of these. I do remember them. Yeah. 
And I think I even remember a TV commercial. And I'll go look that up a little bit later, see if there is one. There is one, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Because the opening line of it was straight from the sewer. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Somehow I'm hungry. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember remember eating one of these. And because, I mean, if if you grew up in the 80s and 90s like we did, like Hostess Pies were like the snack food to have like you if your mom came home and gave you a hostess pie you knew you did something good or she was happy <laughs> because like hostess pies were just and and i i haven't had one since i was a kid i'm kind of afraid to now because i wanted to like ruin it for me because like they're probably just the worst thing for you to eat where <laughs> it was just like a hollow pastry with pie filling on the inside oh Man. no kidding yeah encased <laughs> like encased in this like sugary Frosting. It was like it's kind of like when you add uh, powdered sugar and water and just brush it onto it. You know, uh. it's kind of like, <laughs> which is probably not good. But like thinking back, it was just amazing. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the turtles uh, one took it to the next level. You know, absolutely. And they they came with different flavors too. There was vanilla. There was chocolate. I think there was a different kind. There was a custard but, one. Oh my gosh, custard. That was that was the one I had because I bit into it and it was like, oh well, it looks like you know donut filling. <laughs> Well, the the thing is, I try to get a timeline on you know when when these came out, and here's this is just you know Robology right here. This is just my theory. <laughs> I think that it probably came out right, I'd say after first film was out uh, out of theaters because there's no mention whatsoever of any of the films or any of the first film when right. the pies came out. However. When Secret of the Use came out, they were promoting it, um, like you'd get the pies with the Secret of the Use cards. Yeah. So I'm thinking it kind of came out right around, I'd say, early 1991, uh, yeah. these these pies. But, um, yeah, I was looking at some of the different packaging, and uh, there's one of Michelangelo eating the turtle pies, and it's a subtle touch. He's got one of his pinkies up. Like, you know, he's eating it classy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, there, there's a couple of uh, other package art I saw, but apparently... Not only could you get, you know, Seeker the Used cards, you could get, like, just some basic turtle cards, and also they had some mail-in prizes, like um, turtle uh, Hostess Turtle Pie shirt, which I've ne- not seen before, but I've seen oh. the promo for it. Another thing was, a, like, a hat you could get, but again, I've not seen any pictures of it, so. Did you ever do any of those mail-in things? Because that was a huge deal when we were kids, where it's like, you mail in four or five proofs of purchases, and you can get this special... Uh, figure or t-shirt or something so did you ever do anything like that no no i should have i should have because a lot of that stuff's pretty rare right now and i do remember when the oh remember it was uh you could be a member of a club yeah um and you could you got this golden leonardo you know yeah yeah you could get this golden leonardo figure and stuff and as a matter of fact a couple years ago a buddy of mine blake he got really really into fishing and stuff he's like hey man he gave me a call he's like I got a whole bunch of Ninja Turtle stuff that I, I just want to get rid of. If I'll trade you for uh, some fishing gear, and I, you know, I hadn't been fishing in like five, six years. So I was like, yeah. "Okay, yeah, no problem." <laughs> so, so uh, I met up with him, and he had a whole bunch of like Ninja Turtle Club stuff, and a bunch of Archie comics. And, oh wow! And just some more obscure stuff that I didn't see or didn't have as a kid. So I, I took everything. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the only time I ever did like the proof, I only had one thing that was proof of purchase related when i was a kid mm. it's like i was really into the monster in my pocket figures did you ever have those oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
I love that, man. I want to do a podcast on <laughs> Monster in My Pocket one day, just because. Oh, yeah. First off, an episode, but you know, they had a video game, that TV show. Marvel published a comic book on Monster in My Pocket, but oh yeah. And my parents really, really liked Monster in My Pocket because it was cheap. So you know, it's just it's like <laughs> three bucks for a box with seven little rubber figures. No problem. Oh, they were great. Yeah, and I mean, I mailed away, and I got this, a, I think it was a werewolf figure, and it was just really cool looking. Like, the little monster in my pocket figures are, like, maybe two inches tall, and they were super detailed, but I also got, like, this big, it was a volcano with slots that you could, like, stand every uh, monster in my pocket figure in. That was my proof of purchase get when I was a kid. <laughs> and they even came with stickers that you with all the monsters' names on them, so you could label them where they were supposed to go. It was really cool. Outside of that, I like never did anything with proof of purchases. Just, <laughs> I didn't either. I knew one. I had one friend that did with a predator figure. He had the invisible predator figure as a kid. And oh, nice, yeah. sweet. Well, um, real quickly, I do want to go um, uh, over some feedback that I forgot to read on uh, last week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Carlson, he was talking. Remember, we were talking about the ooze for the sewer playset. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was saying that he, there's actually an article on, um, you know, that that ooze, you know, and and where it came from, you know, what's made out of things like that. And he was actually saying that after a while, the ooze doesn't actually harden, but it dissolves. It kind of turns into like a sand mixture, which I did not know about. Wow. Yeah, and then he said. Um, okay. Also, <laughs> yeah, he said. He and he said that. Um, a lot of the Turtle Tunes figures came with a mutagen ooze, or you know they were sold separately, but they were partnered with those toys. And huh. um, and then he was actually showing me a picture of a couple of his uh, TMNT 2007 uh, figures that actually came with the ooze. So he must have quite the collection. He must, yeah. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't know. Oh, you would. I wouldn't. Well, you've got a pretty decent. You've got. I envy your. I'm am- no, I'm an amateur compared to you when it comes to toy collecting. No. Well, I don't know about that. I, I mean, like, there's times where I look at my collection, and I just feel bad because all I see is, oh, man, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It's like, ugh. Those are hours of my life. <laughs> could have bought another car, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey, you got to do what makes you happy. Well, you know, I, I hope that makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, and it does make me happy, but, like, there was one time, I think I just secretly like to punish myself just because... <laughs> I actually added up what my collection cost me, and it was just like I just went downstairs after I did it and hugged my wife and asked her to, pre- to promise me to never leave me. You know, I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you want, baby. Just, please don't. Don't go. Just don't, don't leave me. I said the same thing. Because <laughs> we, we could not live without them. You know, just, no, let's no. be honest. Um, another thing I wanted to mention real quick is we got a couple new uh, members. Well, actually one that I can think of, but um, <laughs> Nick uh, – is it Nicholas Bradley? Mm-hmm. Um he now is he a comic artist? Because his stuff it looks great. You know, I really I don't, don't know. I haven't. I don't. I don't either. So. I don't, I feel bad. I don't talk to our members that much. So. Oh, you do. You do. I mean, I've I've seen you on there. Yeah, I, I post pictures of my collection. Like, hey, look how cool I am. Ha! <laughs> you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I, I look at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but we yeah, he's here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, Joe, you got. Got to have a jerk in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. The Gaston of Turtle Flakes, you know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he just joined the page not too long ago, and he's been sharing some of his artwork, and it is amazing. So, yeah. man, first of all, welcome to the community, and and keep on posting that great artwork. And and speaking of artwork, um, in the last episode, I forgot to mention it, although I, I did in the show notes, 
Craig Holland, he he's a great artist uh, and a friend of the show. He does a lot of commission work, and he you know he does a lot of comic cons and stuff. And he had a whole bunch of turtle sketches. So we're going to be promoting some, you know, for the next probably two or three episodes. Within the show logo, we'll have some of his sketches, and we'll also provide a link to his um, website where you can see a lot of his artwork. So yeah, so he's he's got some great sketches, man. Cowbunga dude for sharing those and. Uh, Nicholas, yeah, man, share some more artwork. The more the merrier. That's that's something I want to do is every week just kind of have someone share some more artwork. And, you know, speaking of which, BJ Hahn, she's she's always rocking it. And she's going to be on the show soon. Um, oh, and we got an email this week. A very, very nice email that actually brings up a good point. Now, we don't have a lot of female listeners, but this is from a lady from the UK. And her name is Olivia. And I will read this email real quick. And she brings up something pretty funny that I think she had a lot of guts to admit this. So here we go. All right. She goes, hey, guys. First, thanks for the awesome podcast. I've been listening for a couple years now, and you guys always make my commute to and from work more fun. Sometimes too much fun when I find myself trying to suppress some laughter without looking too weird in front of the other commuters. So first of all, thank you for listening so long. It's great to I mean, the, just just that line alone cheers me up. I'm like, man, somebody stuck with us that long. God bless them. Man, it's so crazy to think that we have listeners all the way over there, man. That's I know. Isn't that crazy? Insane. God, you never know who's listening. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. Christopher Carlson's from Sweden. We've got a couple uh, listeners from the UK. That's great. They've got to be yelling at us every episode. It's the Ninja Hero Turtles. You more? Yeah. What a bunch of morons. <laughs> Or the teenage or the mutant hero turtles, yeah. Uh, she goes on to say, "I'm real. I really appreciated your Christmas memories episode. My earliest memory of the turtles generally is the Fred Wolf cartoon, which I watch religiously every morning before school. <laughs> My mom wondered uh, what her little girl was doing watching boys' cartoons, but the music, the characters, the sometimes stupid plot lines, <laughs> it was all so much fun. But here's the shameful secret. Now, kudos to you for admitting this." She says, here's a shameful secret. I had a secret crush on Shredder. Retrospectively, I maintain that he kept himself in fine shape and was pretty handsome <laughs> behind that mask. Just lose the whole supervillain evil thing, and he could have been a good date. Maybe. I also remember my mom buying these turtle slippers for, for my brother and I one Christmas, and we battled each other with them in, in a foot fight. <laughs> uh, this sounds weird, but I promise it was intense and dramatic at the time. Anyway, I just wanted to share with you guys some pretty cringy uh, history and uh, with the Turtles and how it still has a nostalgic place in my heart. I still keep up to date with the current uh, series and movies, but nothing will hold a candle to James Avery's Shredder in my misguided young fangirl heart. Aww. Keep being awesome and keep up the great podcasting. Olivia from a rainy and very gray UK. Thanks, Olivia. <laughs> That was awesome. If it makes you if it makes you feel any better, Olivia, I always did kind of have a crush on Venus. You know, I just kind of feel feel like Venus judged huh? too harshly, man. But she's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Well, you know, for me, I didn't want to admit it as a kid. I didn't want to admit it as an adult. But you know, since we're we're just throwing it all out there, for me, I did have a crush on April. I did. Oh, yeah. I you know, cartoon April. I was a little kid. I was. I thought she was pretty, and yeah. I was like, man, it's out there. It's out there. It's cool. Dude, everyone did. It's fine. You know. Yeah, even though she was a cartoon, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you judge women nowadays based on a fictional person? That's when the problem enters the first. Ah, uh, sure, sure. Like, she's nice, but she's not as nice as April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's no, she doesn't have no yellow jumpsuit, you know. Yeah, right, right. It's kind of like when you do that, when you hear about guys doing that nowadays, it's kind of like, yeah. 
you you, you need to go to a meeting. You know, you, you really do. <laughs> you got a problem. You, you need an intervention. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. What would that meeting be? Cartoons Anonymous? Well, just I don't even know. I don't, yeah. I don't really want to. It's you know, it's on the internet somewhere. There's a help group for it. Some ah, uh, true, yeah. true. We we probably need help. <laughs> Not that kind of help, man. Just, right, right, right. I got to <clears> install a washing machine. I could use some help with that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Mm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? All right, guys. So uh, real quickly, I'll do a speed review here because, unfortunately, we got to cut this, this show a little short today. Um, yeah, I'm going house hunting, so uh, wish me luck, guys. But um, I want to go ahead and real quickly review uh, a figure that I really, really like and is kind of underrated, and that is Fish Face from the uh, 2012 toy line. And, you know, Fish Face kind of a minor character, just kind of a sidekick and one of um, one of Shredder's goons, but the toy himself is pretty rad looking. First of all, he's got the uh, kind of piranha look. You know, the whole mold itself is, is it really stands out. Uh, the articulation on this guy is pretty good. Uh, the only bummer is the head only swivels side to side, but the there are ball joints in both of the arms, so you know his arms can go in and out. Uh, wrist twist, uh, his waist actually twists, and I love his little robot legs. As far as the back, the box starts pretty standard, but the back says, "Fish Face Shredder's Underworld Underwater Thug," and it says. A thug with no equal, Fishface was once Zever, a street urchin recruited by the Foot Clan for his incredible criminal skills. Mutated by the Krang, uh, this crook's become even more crooked thanks to his hybrid body. Forced to lie on powerful robotic legs and an external water-breathing rig, Fishface may be a fish out of water, but that doesn't stop him from being the turtle's most uh, cutthroat enemy. Um, as far as his accessories go... They're not bad. They're not bad. He has a sword and a knife, uh, which I don't know if he uses both of those in the show. I can't really remember. I know he's a knife um, fighter. He does, he does. Oh, okay. He uses knives a lot. Yeah, which is kind of ironic since, you know, a lot of times when we flay a fish, you know. Well, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, uh, fishing knives. Yeah. yeah, he's turning it on its head there. So, and I think the thing that really just makes this stand out is just the look of it. I mean, he's got the snake eyes. He's it just he pops I, I think and um, and he's still a pretty um, inexpensive figure. Like yeah. I was looking at some of the prices online. Um, loose you can get them for about they range from about three dollars to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Loose with accessories I've seen them as as cheap as ten dollars. And uh, men on card I've seen him go for about fifteen dollars. So they've gone up a little bit in price, but not much. You know, and this is a this is a four year old figure now. This came out in the. Uh, the first line so yeah. um and you know i mean it's still pretty common because like we went to t- yeah. every time we go to target i go to the the little toy section and just see if they have anything that catches my eye and you can still find this figure in target and walmart and stuff like that so oh yeah still sure. pretty common so yeah yeah and and some of the other figures that came out with this line um you know during the the original launch was leo donnie raf michelangelo splinter april metalhead and then the villain side it was just shredder Krang. Uh, a foot soldier, fish face, and dog pound. So this was one of the core, what, 12 toys. So, And I think this is, I dare say it's, well, I think it's my favorite villain, at least of this line, as okay. far as the design goes. Okay. 
Yeah, per- just me personally. I think it's got more detail than any of the other figures. It's got. I'm uh, looking at just on Google Images. I'm looking at it, man. You can see like the individual scales on the skin. Yeah, yeah. I always liked how when, especially like in the the '80s cartoons or '80s figures, they did the same thing. How like around the torso area, like the paint kind of fades or bleeds together. Like mm-hmm. you can see, like his scales go from purple to white and everything. Right, I know. Yeah, it, it looks great, and like you see the scales on his arms and his legs, but they're all kind of a different pattern. It, it, it just looks really good. So, I would give this eight fish fillets out of ten. The only gripe I have with it is that you know I kind of wish his weapons were more water based. Yeah, you know I thought that would be like I don't know maybe a squirt gun that has acid in it or something like that, or yes. I don't know, uh, you know something fictional like that that uh, you know would kind of have a little bit more to do with you know what he actually is but but hey it's still a great figure and it came with two accessories so i can't knock it much um i think this is one of the stronger villains toys from the original line mm-hmm. boom done in like two minutes done in two yeah <laughs> done in two hello violators you're in casey's comic classroom prepare to be schooled now we got i guess we got to get the uh, comic review done in like 10 <laughs> Well, I can do that because, like, this comic is, man, you know what? I, we're talking about issue nine in the IDW series, right? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Now, this... And I'm so thankful, too, because my heart dropped because I, I, for some reason I thought we were on issue eight. And I look at my collection. That's the only issue I don't have is issue eight. Yeah, that was the last. <laughs> we did issue eight the last time we went back to, uh, back to the, the original uh, few issues of this series. Yeah, I had to buy that on Comixology. I remember now, but at, you know, but yeah, th- this one here is kind of um, it's a good issue. It's a good issue. It's got a very kind of jaw dropping part at the end. Yeah, here we go. Okay, I was really surprised because they wait. It seems like they waited a while to uh, introduce the Shredder in this series. Yeah, yeah, they certainly did. Correct me if I'm wrong, but has he been introduced before issue nine? To be honest with you, I. I think they've been teasing it, but I can't remember actually seeing him. I think this is the first time we actually see him. Oh, you know what? They they kind of cheated. They did introduce him before this, technically, but it wasn't in the numbered series. It was in the Leonardo micro issue. Oh, okay. Because in between issue 8 and 9, the Leonardo issue happens. Um, he goes out. They're looking for Splinter because Old Hob took him after the Mausers attacked. And he, Leonardo gets ambushed by, like, 30 foot members in an abandoned building. And he fights this one foot soldier that you find out in issue, I think, issue 10 or issue 11. You find out mm-hmm. that that was actually Shredder. Okay, I got you. And he wasn't wearing the blades or anything. He just had the black uh, ninja gear on. But he was the only one who you could see a visible pair of eyes, not, like, the red lenses like they all have. That's technically the origin of Shred- or the first appearance of Shredder is the Leonardo issue. But, like, come on, that wasn't Shredder. Like, this is actually <laughs> Shredder here showing up at the end of issue 9. And, oh, and- totally. He looks a little bit similar to the uh, 2003 Shredder. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely like this design better because, like, the 2003 Shredder... You're talking about the cartoon? Yeah, yeah. That one was a bit too bulky for me. I mean, I liked okay, it. Okay, I can see that, yeah. I liked it, but it was just a bit too... And then you found out it was an alien inside, so okay, fine. <laughs> but, like, in the 2003 series, like, they had a design for Oroku Saki and the Shredder. 
And you get that he's going to be a bit bigger as the Shredder because of the armor he's wearing, but there was a total transformation there that I never completely bought. But whatever. Cartoon, it was still good. I liked it. But, like, this looks like, like when I think of Shredder, like, this was this is what I think of as the Shredder. It's like he's... He looks, he just, I mean, he looks huge enough he's menacing, yeah. but at the same time, you know, he looks realistic. Yeah, he doesn't look like a monster. He's very intimidating, is what. Yeah, it is. yeah, because there's enough to where you can tell that it's the reason he's so beefed up looking is the blades because Orokusaki himself is kind of a leaner looking dude, but he you just know he could just take anybody if he wanted to. Well, yeah, th- this issue, from what I remember from the last issue, is Baxter Stockman. He was pretty much cornered by uh krang and a couple stone soldiers <laughs> yeah and they're, they're waiting they're like we need results right now we need the super soldier serum we're losing the fight between the neutrinos we need this now we need this yesterday and baxter's like you know the snake he is he's like oh don't worry don't worry everything's fine as a matter of fact we've got splinter right now we're getting that dna for you and that's where old hob and chet they were put to work and they got um splinter a captive in uh stock gen labs and meanwhile, you know, April's meeting the turtles for the first time, you know, at least in a mutated form like this. Yeah. And she's she takes it really well. I got to give her that. Oh, God, I love the first page is just all her expl- explaining. Uh, yep. <laughs> pretty much the last eight issues is her explanation. Um, and she's talking about, you know, you guys, I don't want to read it because it would just take too much time. But she's like, oh, the ending of it is the best part, which is like, oh, my God, I named you, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know it. You know, what's kind of interesting is, I got to thinking about it, Splinter has been kidnapped at the beginning of just about every storyline or every <laughs> series. Have you, have you noticed that? Because, like, in the Fred Wolf cartoon, he gets kidnapped in the first season. Yep. In the IDW series, he gets kidnapped. In the Mirage series, he gets kidnapped, you know, by the um, Mausers and then eventually the Utrams. Um, right. You know, so he's always finding a way to get kidnapped. And I think... Even in the Image Comics, wasn't he kidnapped in the first issue? Um, I think, I think he so. was. Yeah, because like Raphael gets shot in the face, and yeah. it's either Donatello or Splinter. It's one of them. Oh, that's right. Oh, and then uh, the the movie, the nineteen ninety movie, gets yeah. kidnapped. Gets kidnapped. The first <laughs> NES video game gets kidnapped. You know? Kidnapped. I know. He's you know he's got to watch out. Yeah, it's just. You got to put like I hate to say this because I love Splinter, but he's an animal. You got to put like that microchip tag in there that you put on your cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, got track him. Yeah. Oh, one I want to talk about. Uh, you know, going back, it's kind of interesting to see. You know, this is one of the earlier issues. This is Dan Duncan's art. You know, the, this is what started it all, and I still yeah. I, I think it looks great. You know, I like it a lot more going back, going back. To, yeah. Because I remember when I first saw a Ninja Turtle book. I just picked it up because I was like, oh, Ninja Turtle's buying it. Issue number <laughs> one, getting it. And I just, and I I never followed the series because I just didn't care for the art. And Oh, no way, really? I just didn't, it just didn't hit me. You know, it didn't hook me. And then two years later, maybe three, uh, Mattias Santaluco is now on the book because he came on the series, he came into the series with uh, Secret History of the Foot Clan. And yeah, then he yeah. picked up as the regular artist, and I mean, pretty much all the way up until now, he's only taken a couple breaks here and there. I really that's what that's what hooked me was uh, the City at War arc was that that's what got me into this series, and then this show really had me. Well, let me go give the beginning part of the series another try, and then I totally got what Dan Duncan was doing. I I I, I really enjoy 
this art, he really just made the turtles his own. Where like the Mattia mm-hmm. Santaluco turtles look pretty familiar to me. And yeah, yeah, they all kind of have their own style. Yeah, it looks like the Nickelodeon series. So, and that's what I was yeah. seeing at the time. So I was like, okay, a little bit of familiarity to me. And looking at Dan Duncan's art, this these are Dan Duncan's Ninja Turtles. You know, it's like that. that mm-hmm. They no other turtles looks like Dan Duncan's. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I definitely like it. And you know, I really like his design for April. I like the design for Casey. And in a couple of more issues, you know, Karai, Angel. I like his human characters more than I like the turtles. You know, de- definitely skewing more towards realism. And when he draws old Hob, you can almost see. Oh, I love his old Hob. Yeah. Yeah, you can almost see a normal person in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like it. I think maybe I think the only thing I don't like about Dan Duncan's design for the turtles is like the front uh shell over the chest and abdomen. Mm-hmm. And just how on the sides how it just kind of like juts outwards on the tips, on the outward tips towards the shoulders, how it makes it look like they're wearing armor as opposed to that's just their pectoral and abdomen. Right. And it just it just looks a little goofy to me. And the <laughs> the tops of their heads, how it looks kinda yeah, like Yeah, kinda long. Kinda like a big headish. Yeah, kinda cone headish. <laughs> Which I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna knock this art style. It just doesn't speak to me because like I can't knock it because, well, you try to come up with your own version of what the Ninja Turtles should look like and see how that looks. All right, this guy is obviously not influenced by anybody. He made his version of the Ninja Turtles, and I got to give him credit for that. That's more oh, than yeah. I can do, you know? And I'll tell you what, his layout's like um, kind of leading up to this. He, or Donatello, they, they finally get a mouser. They, they re, Don, Donnie reprograms it to break into StockGen Labs. That's how they right. get in there. And the fight scenes between the Turtles and the giant Mauser, that's a great scene. Layouts of those fight scenes are great. I thought they were fantastic. When Casey and Raph are charging towards, I mean, they're charging in the foray of the giant Mauser, which, by the way, Dan Duncan designed, looks awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the giant Love Mauser. That. Yeah, it looks great. I wish they had a figure of that. Um, I but, just I hope one day they make a figure line for the IDW books. Oh, I'd buy them. I, I even if they were like triple the price of the toys, I would save up. I want an old Hob figure. No joke. I know. Yeah, I want that. I want a Slash figure like this guy. Yeah, yeah. A Slash and Leatherhead figure set, man, and just his Mutanimals alone. I would love, you know, right. or the series Mutanimals, man. Oh, yeah, man. Dan Duncan definitely draws action, and he especially draws motion very well. No kidding, no like, kidding. Like, you get that they are really just charging at this big Mauser. Yeah, yeah. like, I don't know if you're looking at the panel I'm looking at, but it's right when they're about to charge the giant Mauser, and you see Raph and Casey, like, right, you know, right there. Oh, they're, amidst... they're, dodging, they're dodging laser fire. Oh, yeah, that looks, that's my favorite panel of the whole book. Yeah, and you know what? That laser fire kind of doubles as motion lines. You see it a lot in animes when characters are running where they're very stagnant, but you see, like, blurred motion lines going yeah, yeah. past them. That's kind of <laughs> what that looks like. Right, yeah. so, you know, they finally, uh, thanks to Raph and uh, Casey, they, they finally destroy the giant Mauser, and they get to where um, Splinter was supposed to be held captive. Mm-hmm. Well, they realize, wait a minute, he's not there, and old Hob and Chet... Chet, poor Chet's been kind of forced against his will to be there. Right. Um, they're knocked out. And then here's where we get the big reveal. Splinter's been ki- uh, kidnapped. It, it's a great kind of art artwork here because, you know, he's been blindfolded. And you see this one pl- panel where you hear a woman's voice. 
um, saying, you know, we've returned, Grandfather, and we have brought the mutant with us. And it's interesting what she says, Grandfather, there. Then she takes the um, blindfold off, and that's when we get through Splinter's perspective. We see a bunch of foot soldiers and Karai. And she presents, you know, Splinter to Master Shredder. And that is the last shot. The last page is is Shredder. So it's a great reveal for for those who didn't read the micro-series. Yeah. And you know what? I really love I love Karai's design just because I think it's really gutsy to make, especially with the way, with the medium of comic books nowadays. This is why I don't read a lot of comics, uh, but in the medium of comic books, it's really refreshing and gutsy to see a female figure who is not just eye candy. You know, like her design, she's obviously really well built. She's muscular. She's strong, and her. Right. It's kind of like Jenica, too. Jenica has the same kind of appeal. She's the same thing, and you know, and any of the female mutants as well, like Tanya yeah. and uh, Alapex, all of them have this real, this realistic vibe to them that I really, really love this series for. Like, it is the realist. This is the realistic take on the Ninja Turtles and all their Absolutely. crazy hijinks, you know? That's what I love so much about this series. It's, it's not afraid to be realistic. Yeah. So, not, so what would, not grim oh. and gritty, but realistic. No, absolutely, you're right. And um, you know, kind of going with the storyline. I mean, what would you give this particular issue out of a one to ten rating? I would give this a seven because, and only because, I have the collection. I have the that's what I collect. I, I get the uh, the trade paperback volumes, and this is volume three called Shadows of the Past. And this issue, issue nine, is very much a setup for the next four issues. Yeah. And those four issues are so amazing. Mm-hmm. That I really recommend. Don't even buy the single issues. Get this collection. It's called. It's volume three, and just I read it when I was reading last night. Issue nine. I just couldn't help myself. I read ten, eleven, and twelve all in <laughs> one go, and it is such a good story. It's the first time the Ninja Turtles take on Shredder and the Foot Clan. Foot, yeah. foot uh, Clan. And meanwhile, at the same time, you don't realize it if you've only read this issue. But Splinter has been fighting for like two days straight. He is going beyond exhaustion. Yeah, big time. And then he has to fight the Shredder. And spoilers, he loses because he's mm-hmm. just tired. He's just and he's old and he's tired and he's just he just can't make it. And then the Ninja Turtles have to save him. And it's so well done. Like this volume as a whole is a ten for me. It, it really is. But this issue is like a seven just because it leads to something greater. But I love the art. I love the... I mean, Tom Waltz's writing. I, IDW, if I can give you some advice, please make Tom Waltz happy. Give him just, a pay raise. <laughs> you know, do whatever he wants. I mean, because he is such a great writer. And I'm not yeah. even trying to make up for the email my wife sent to IDW a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's got such... I mean, if you... If you came on into the series later, go like I did, go back and read the early issues and you can really see the seeds being planted here for what comes yeah. later. It's so great. Yeah, and then that's especially like the Dark Leo saga that comes, you know, a little bit later. Oh yeah. man, it's good stuff. Good yeah, and, stuff. It's, and especially the uh uh volume I don't know what it is, volume 12 or volume 15 where it's the tournament between the Ninja Turtles and Shredder and his goons. Oh yeah, and yeah. It's like that seed is planted here with the first mm-hmm. time Splinter and Shredder fight. 
Yes. And, I mean, right in this volume, in volume three, issue 50 is the payoff for issue number nine. You know, it, it really is. Yeah, I totally agree. I'd, I'd give it the same score uh, for, for that reason. It's a great issue, but it's leading to something better. It's, But I love... I think the highlights for me is just Dan Duncan's artwork with uh, the giant mouser looked amazing. I know, and, and, then, and there's a great sketch of it at the back of the book. And then also just the reveal of Shredder at the very end. And his design of the Shredder looks great. So just for those reasons alone, you know, and it's it leads up to very interesting stuff later with Baxter Stockman because that didn't go according to the plan. And, um, and you know, the whole kind of heat between Krang and Shredder, which also leads to a great storyline coming up. So um, for that reason, it's setting up the groundwork. It's setting up the foundation for greatness. Yeah. I would give it a, a 7 out of 10 as well. 7 giant Mausers out of 10. And guys, go read this one. It's a good one. And also, yeah, get the uh, and also like the next couple of issues. Like get the get the follow up issues too, because like it introduces uh, one of my favorite characters is Angel and the Purple Dragons. Mm-hmm. And this was Angel before she became nobody. I really, really like Angel just because yeah. she's just really tough, really strong, no nonsense, and just doesn't take any guff from anybody. You know, no. really. And plus, she's and it's really hard to have a character. It's really hard to have a Wolverine like character who's also likable. Yeah, you know? because Wolverine <laughs> right. is the most unlikable character in the history. Oh, here we go. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I, I can't stand Wolverine, and you know they make a female Wolverine and do it correctly. You know. <laughs> hey, Matt, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. Alright guys, so for today's green screen, we are uh, watching the Nick cartoon. So it's great, we're kind of going back chronologically, following the Nick series from, you know, we're still in season one here, we're on episode eight. And because we talked about Fish Face, well, we wanted to talk about Zever. Um, This one's called Never Say Zever. It was released on November 10th of 2012, so this is already over... Five, uh, close to five years old now. So yeah, and seriously, stuff. we're watching Never Says Ever this time because last yeah. <laughs> tried and we bought. Somebody sent me the wrong link. I don't know who and, that was. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Jay Weezy, Jay Weezy, messing with stuff again. <laughs> yeah, so uh, guys, if you want to follow along, um, this isn't on YouTube. Uh, you'd have to probably follow along with the DVD. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, if you want to follow along with us, we're gonna go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two. One and click. And I remember the last episode was Monkey Brains? Was that right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I really don't remember. I don't either. Alright, so there's Shredder and his scar. I wonder if it ever explains where he got that scar. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, there's a whole episode about it almost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Is it in the first season? Do you remember? Uh no, it's I think it's in the second season. Oh, okay. Ooh, Shredder's not happy at uh, Chris Bradford and Zever. When is Shredder ever happy? Ah, uh, true. I guess that was kind of a dumb statement. You know, <laughs> not that. No, no, no. It's not dumb because I want to see a happy Shredder. I want to see like because he is as much as I love Shredder. He is out always kind of one note. He's just this dude. You know, you know, it'd be interesting. Like if they did almost like uh, 
the Clone Wars approach. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Clone Wars cartoon. I know about but it. But yeah. the series is based on Anakin's uh, adventures with Ahsoka. And, you know, Ahsoka's kind of his Padawan and stuff. But Anakin's a good guy in that, you know? Yeah. And, of course, for the majority of the prequels, Star Wars films, he's a good guy. And then eventually he turns to the dark side. Well, I'd love to see something like that, like in comic form with Shredder. You know, at first he's a hero of the Foot Clan, and then through terrible circumstances he becomes the villain that we all know. Yeah, they kind of, I think it's the second season, they do, uh, where they go, they explain the back, some of the backstory between Hamada Yoshi and Arokusaki. Yeah. Um, they do show that, where... Shredder Orokusaki is very much in love with Tang Shen, genuinely in love with her, and she's torn, genuinely torn between Oroku and Hamada. Oh, interesting. And it's really cool to see that, because you think of Shredder being this big, menacing, bad, evil man. Yeah, one-dimensional, kind of. Yeah, but you see how he is in love with someone. And right. unless I'm totally misreading it, it's just really cool to see. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, yeah, I like I like dynamic villains. I, I always have. Yeah. So here we got April and the turtles. They're just kind of wandering around. I guess they wanted to go get some sushi or some noodles here. And the the, the purple dragons. So what do you think of the purple dragons here? I like them fine. I just they're kind of goofy. I've always I always kind of like the purple dragons, just like the street gang mentality of them just because it's cool that the turtles are fighting just a game right <laughs> you know i don't really like their look here where they yeah that, just, that's my thing they just kind of they kind of look like stereotypes they look yeah, a lot better of. in the 2003 suit there's not enough purple you know you got like a little bit of the headbands there but you know all eh. right there's a there's enough purple in like their their dragon tattoos. I like that. Yeah, they all have okay. to have the same tattoo. That's a very old school gang kind of thing. Okay, I see one on the back of that guy's jacket. So okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. It's I think it's kind of like uh, a homage to like this old movie called The Warriors. You seen that? Oh yeah, Warriors, come out and play. <laughs> play, yeah. There's kind of like that vest and everything with the uh, the Warriors emblem on the back. I think they're kind of. Nodding that with the purple dragons design. Ah, I got you. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't like Han in this series. Uh, oh yeah. I'm th- see, I'm thinking of the 2003 Han. Does the yeah. 2012 Han look similar to him? I can't remember. No, what he not like. at all. He's Bruce Lee. He's straight up Bruce Lee. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in look, mentality, voice, characteristics, it's just Bruce Lee. I got you. And. And it is it is kind of cool how uh, Casey and Pun really just cannot stand each other, and they always fight each other. <laughs> but there's but with the way that Casey Jones is depicted in the series, there should be no way he can fight Pun. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, because but he's... but you know, whatever, that's fine. But like, well, I don't he, th- care. This for... series has your favorite version of Casey Jones, though, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm uh, joking. With you. <laughs> I knew that was a sore spot for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, real quickly, I'll, I'll sum up what's going on here. So Leo, he's uh, he's got this purple dragon cornered, and this this poor guy's at Leo's mercy. And one one of the the shining qualities of Leo is he lets him go. Yeah. And this will be a point of contention between Raph and Leo. Um, but what I wanted to ask you was. <laughs> I love how he ran with his hands in the air. <laughs> ah, run! 
Um, if you had to pick one Casey Jones from every iteration of the Casey Jones, from the movies, from the comics, from uh, the cartoon episodes, who is your Casey Jones? <sighs> Man, that's a tough question. I know who mine is. I got to say that the, the Nick series and the IDW series are off the table for me because that those series are not done yet. Um, so okay, you know, I got so you. You don't know what's going to happen with them, but I've got to say... You didn't see it, did you? Uh, man, you know what? Probably in the 2007, that's my favorite Casey Jones. Wow! I didn't. Wow! No kidding! I wasn't expecting that answer. Yeah, because first off, voiced by Chris Evans, you know you can't get better than Captain America. And, <laughs> True. Um, he's probably the best one just because you see him a little bit older, trying to take things a little bit more seriously. Still has that big kid mentality of him. But yeah. he, April is obviously very important to him. The turtles are very important. But being a vigilante is very important. And he's right. kind of gotten over that whole rage aspect of it. So, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd go with uh, the 1990 uh, film. Oh, yeah. Case Jones. Yeah. Uh, just because he was tough. He was funny, and I think he was the perfect representation of what like Casey Jones was in, in the comic books. And I, I don't think anyone's really topped that, but I do really like what IDW's done, and also kind of what Mirage has done, and kind of made him a little bit more of a deeper character. You know, yeah. Especially, I love what IDW's done with his backstory. With with, were you the one who said you didn't like the fact that Hunnam was his father? I I like it, but I just thought it was handled a little bit weirdly. Oh, okay, I got you. Where it was kind of like. It was just the physical transformation of him that I didn't care for. Just, like, how fast he became Hun, you know? Ah, true. Yeah. <laughs> On steroids. Yeah, it's just like, you, you, how much steroids did you take? Man? Oh, I know it. I know it. Did you just, like, blend a bottle of HGH together and add it to water? You know, just... <laughs> Well, so, you know, anyways, uh, back to the uh, cartoon. Um, Leonardo uh, and Raph, they're back in the lair after, uh, was it Mr. Mukami? Um, yeah. He he got he gave them a bowl of noodles, you know, as a, to express his thanks, and they go back to the turtle lair, which, uh, by the way, I love the Nickelodeon turtle love lair. design here. Yeah, it looks great. Um, love the pinball machine in the background too. But Raph's picking on Leo as Leo's training, saying, "Oh yeah, you know what? You should just let everything go. Just just be a wuss." And I love what Splinter says here. He says, "To show mercy is a true sign of strength." Yeah, and he kind of admonishes uh, Raph a little bit, puts his place. I think that Raphael series really just kind of. I don't care for Raphael in this series because I get that Raphael is like cool but rude, right? Yeah. Well, like more often than not, Raphael is just straight up mean. You know? It's nah, just, sure. He he lays in the Michelangelo a little bit too hard, in my opinion. <laughs> Well, see, he kind of reminds me of the Raph from the Fred Wolf cartoon a little bit. You know, he's always the one that's kind of, you know, with the snarky comments and stuff. He was he, really sarcastic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, which he's a little bit more aggressive in the Nick series from what I've seen. But yeah. I, I don't mind him. I really don't. But Raph was never really my favorite turtle. Um, so, yeah. like, I never really dug deep into his character. Um, yeah. But, I, I, you know, for you being a huge Raph fan, I can definitely see your point. Yeah, well, like, the whole reason he is, like, as tough as he is on the Turtles is because he worries about them, like, especially Michelangelo. And this was established way back in the Mirage series where, like, Raphael always felt like he he had to look out for Michelangelo specifically. 
because yeah. he was just worried about him because he was the smallest one because he was kind of not the weakest but you know what I mean yeah yeah and it just manifested in- <laughs> yeah, did you see that with the classic oh, turtle face that was great <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of my face on my face <laughs> my oh I forgot my son's Vincent says this all the time. I want to get a tattoo. He used to anyway. I want to get a tattoo of my face on my face. <laughs> and he would do that little hand motion. And it was so cool. He would do it like when we were grocery shopping. And like people would walk around looking at him like, what? <laughs> it's like, how do you know I'm not already wearing my tattoo? <laughs> oh, I, I can't even remember what I was going to say. But yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. That's awesome. So now we got uh, the leader of the Purple Dragons, the guy that um, Mike Leonardo let go. Oh, great shot there. Um, he's bratting out to Shredder and oh, – I'm sorry, not Shredder. Bradford and Zever. Yeah. And the Turtles just broke in, and now they're going to be fighting them. I love Chris Bradford's design. You know? Chuck Norris? <laughs> yeah, Chuck Norris' design. But I love, like, his, his gear. You know, I lo- it's almost Shredder gear, but it's Yeah, not. almost. Mind you. Uh, there's yeah, Zever and his switchblades. Like the, yeah, there's his butterfly knives. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like the, uh, the shredder of that Bradford's wearing. What was that? Uh, Chris Bradford's gear kind of looks like the, uh, the elite guard from the old Mirage comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And then just the color of it kind of looks like the shredder garb from the um, first movie. Remember how it had that like reddish yeah. tint? Yeah. That was pretty good. Boy, the action scenes here are great, aren't they? Yeah, I like the action scenes. Oh, man. I mean, it just always plays like a movie, and I think that's what Ciro Norelli and um, uh, a lot of the writers were going for, you know, and, and yeah. producers were going for. Just kind of have a whole kind of cinematic feel to it. Yeah, very, especially this, I get a real anime vibe off of this. Oh, yeah. Ooh, man, Bradford owned Dante there. <laughs> I love I love Michelangelo's. Uh, what do you call that? The the it's like a grappling a hook with a blade on it. Not... Yeah, like a chain. I, blade. I have no idea what it's actually called. Here's the Foot Clan. Turtles fall back. And this I really like. I, I love the design of the Foot Clan in this. Oh yeah. I love how Leo just deflected a shuriken like half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. I like how they don't even care that they're having like stars and stuff thrown at them. Like right. They're... They can just kind of avoid them. I really like that. <laughs> See, I'm not quite sure why they're calling this Never Say Zever, but because he's not really the main character in this, at least not so far, and we're more than halfway through. Yeah. Probably just to play on words. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a pun, so, uh, you know, we'll call it that. Yeah. I still miss Jason Biggs as uh, Leo. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do I, miss Jason Biggs. Yeah, I, I thought he was a great Leo. I, I I'm not even gonna lie because he, he's got a very um, not plain voice, but a very um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's got a relatable voice. Yeah, that's see, that's why you're here. Yeah, he's got a very Joe average, but yeah. I mean, like kind of knowledgeable yet still naive. He's got an innocence to it. You know, like. Oh, and you know, I, I just noticed the uh, pinball in the background was Space Heroes. So just like oh. their favorite uh, TV show. Their cartoon, yeah. <laughs> now, which car- which cartoon do you like better? The Space Hero one or the Naughty Man one? 
Oh, I don't know if I've seen the other He-Man one a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because one is trying to be like gotcha man, Team Gotcha Man, and the other one's trying to be He-Man. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and they both do really well, you know, because they're both just ridiculous and crazy. <laughs> All right, so Zever's going to give them a reason to stay, but I don't know where they're staying at. Kind of missed that part. <laughs> so April, she's outside of the city trying to meet up with the turtles here. And Morakami's gone missing. Why could they leave that poor guy alone? I mean, what do they want from him? I know, he's... Well, what is an old blind guy really going to do for you? <laughs> I know. Unless they just want to lure the turtles. If you want the old man, meet us on the roof of the fortune cookie factory. <laughs> the fortune cookie factory. Not so fast. Think, Raphael. There's two words that don't usually go together. This is Oh, burn from Donatello. <laughs> man, you're going to need some ointment for that yeah, burn. No, yo, no kidding. Man, I love Rob Paulson in this show. I really do. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd... I'd he made it work, man. That's how talented he is. Like, I, I just always heard him as Raphael. And now it completely works as Donatello. I wonder on that crossover episode how hard it was for him to go back and forth in, in the same scenes between Donatello and Raphael. True. I mean, like, the thing is, the, the sound... I mean, you can still tell it's Rob Paulson, but... They sound slightly different. I mean, it's a subtle change, but there is a change. Like, I think um, Donatello's uh, Rob Paulson voice is, uh, or Rob Paulson's Donatello voice is a little higher pitched. A little higher pitched. Yeah, and a little bit more um, innocent, whereas, you know, the Raph one from the 87 series, a little little deeper, a little bit more sarcastic tone. Man, I love uh, Bradford's gold chain. Or whatever that is. Oh, his, yeah. His medallion. Yeah. And his uh, jean vest. Gentlemen, <laughs> why can I fit in there? Now I'm definitely gonna need a tat. Well, they don't really care if he's comfortable. Yeah. True. <laughs> he's a big guy. I'm surprised he fit in that thing. Yeah, Ooh. there we go. Yeah, I was waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Just roll him down a hill. <laughs> Michelangelo. Cozy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just covering his own vomit from being uh -huh. around like that. Oh, man, I tell you what, I get terrible motion sickness, too. Oh, that, that would get me sick so quick. All right, so Zevra's got um, uh, Murkami, um, or was it Murgami, uh, tied up, and he's luring the turtles there on top of the fortune cookie place. Ooh, it was a, it's a trap. I don't think Zever's going to care that they got Brad. Yeah, I don't think they really like each other much. He's not my friend. Oh, they've called it. There it is, yeah. We're not kidding, okay? Leo's like, we're serious. <laughs> this plan isn't going to work. <laughs> Go ahead, saves me the trouble. That's what I thought. Attack! And now for our commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Ah, oh, man, I love these action scenes. It's it's incredible that they're able to get this in every episode. I know, right? Like this, you just don't really see action scenes like this. You know, and now right. The technology is at the point where you can do this on a 20 minute episode of a cartoon. 
Yeah, and these seasons are, what, 20, 30 episodes long? There's at least, I think there's 22 episodes in a season. That's incredible to me. Like, how do you do that, you know? Whoever the fight well, choreographers are, man, give them a raise, jeez. One thing you got to remember, and this is not to their detriment, but there isn't a season break, so they probably take full advantage of that break. Oh, sure, yeah. I just wonder why they run like that. You think that'd be hard on their backs? It's because it's you know ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> they run like ducks or birds. I don't like nobody runs like actual. They don't move like actual people. Like nobody right. does this show, <laughs> which is fine because it's a cartoon. They're turtles about ninja turtles. Yeah, they're like spiders. Look at them. Now at this point in the cartoon, has it been revealed that they're crank? I don't think so, not yet. Or robots go by the crying, I should say. Ah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. But I do think it's funny when they actually do fight the Krang at first. You know, everything they do and the Krang don't even flinch or move. And then by, you know, the second half of the season, you know, Michelangelo can tap him with a nunchuck, they fly across the room. I know. <laughs> like, oh man, they must have used a different kind of metal. <laughs> well, they were more interested in quantity as opposed to quality. Oh, right. <laughs> Ah, great scene. Michelangelo's kicking butt. Oh, well, he was. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Poor Megami's about to fall. His rope is breaking. Did you just call him Origami? Uh, I, I, th I think I said poor Morigami, but I probably... <laughs> I meant to say that. <laughs> oh, Origami's gonna like get every him. time we've mentioned him, we've called him something Something else. Like Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, I, I don't think anybody really talks about this that often with the show, but the music is really good. Oh, it's great! Where the just the score, just like it rises and falls and it gets more intense, and yeah, every I mean, any, single episode the music is different too. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought that up because you know any music can really make a fight look great. It really can. Like I think of the rooftop scene in the first film with uh -huh. that music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> And man, that just fires me up every single time. I think of Shredder, and you know when Rap dies at him and stuff, and that crazy music's playing. Mm -hmm. it, it can really accentuate any fight scene, and and this yeah. series does it so well. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, the 2003 series does it really well too, with the uh, you know kind of rock and roll music. I got him. Nice save, Mikey. Don't look down. Well, it looks like Michelangelo saved Origami, and that's great because. He usually folds under pressure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm done. I love how his restaurant is like 24-7 ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, pizza gyoza. That looks good. So is it like pizza? Is it like a calzone? It, yeah, I think so. Ah. It's kind of like, you know, you know, pot stickers, kind of like that, but with pizza fillings in it. Ooh. Aw. Yeah, but don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it weird, Mike. Don't make it weird. Oh, Donatello. Subtle. Subtle. <laughs> I think she likes it. 
Mikey likes it. Poor Donatello. He never yeah. gets to eat anything in any of I these know. episodes. And I, lo- I love, I love uh, Splinter with his tea. He doesn't even partake in the pizza. He's just like, hmm, this tea's delicious. Yeah. So Rafi- I really Rafi- do Rafi- like Splinter's crow. design in this. This is probably my favorite design for Splinter. Yeah, me too. Uh, because I just, I never really cared for how short he was in the comic or the other shows or anything. It's, yeah, he was know, shorter than like, the Turtles, and the Turtles were shorter than April, so he was really tiny. Right. Yeah. And also, if he if you if he mutated from a man, in my opinion, he would retain his height. At right. Least a no little kidding. bit of it, you know. And he was a pretty tall, dude. Yeah. Oh, so we get a little thing here. So Shredder's like, you two idiots, I can't rely on you. I'll deal with them myself. Yeah. And he walks toward the camera and freeze frame into comics, and there's our episode. Yep. Yeah. So uh, so what do you think, man? What, what would you give this particular episode? Uh, you know, I I like it fine. It, yeah. it suffers from the same problems as the uh, the issue of the comic that we just read. We're not yeah. really problems, but it's like... The next episode is so good that you just kind of eclipses this one, mm-hmm. but on its own, this one's probably about about a seven or an eight. It's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's entertaining. The turtles are hilarious. The uh, the music is re- the score is really good. Yeah, and the choreography is top notch, just like always. So there's a level of quality to this show that they haven't really had a dip in. You know, it's just, I agree. it's just, can you handle the differences? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and I agree with you. I, I think the music's great. I think, um, you know, the fight scenes like always are, are phenomenal. Um, but you know, this is another kind of, you know, one off a little bit, a one shot here. Um, but it's leading to something a l- little bit better later on, which is, uh, when the shredders, when, uh, shredder finds about, finds out about the turtles and, uh, eventually confronts them. Right. I don't know if that happens in the next couple of episodes, but by the end of the season, oh man, it's great! So I cannot wait till we get the last two episodes. I know. Uh, it'll probably but be at another the rate year. We're going at the rate we're going, we should just go to the, the season for that. Like, you know, <laughs> I know it'll be like another year before we even get there. So, I know. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's and just, then we're gonna forget stuff. where we are, and we're gonna have to go back, and you know. Yep, I know. At the rate we go, I uh, no kid, but uh, but I'd give it seven uh, seven out of ten. And what was the name of that pizza again? What was that? The guy who was something pizza? I don't know. I, I couldn't catch what he had said. I got you. Well, I was going to so. say we could use that for the pizza we're going to have today. He made a pizza pierogi. Let's just say that. <laughs> pizza pierogi. Pierogi pizza, man. Ooh, that actually sounds really good. It's really good. Yeah, just like potato pockets and sausage. That's all. Oh, I can... man. Gosh, that sounds good. It sounds terrible for you, but it sounds delicious. Oh, no, it sounds amazing for you. You just got to <laughs> just hope that you're like going believe. mountain climbing all day, you know, because you need all those carbs. <laughs> Right, exactly. So, well, all right, guys. Um, stay tuned for the next episode as we will be covering. Uh, I guess we're back to all the brand new stuff coming out. So we'll be. What do you want to review? Um, Universe six and issue. And probably sixty sixty six. Yeah, sure. Issue sixty six. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure I'll sure I'll do a short review or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully we'll have uh, Thaddeus on the next episode. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I-, I think what we were doing is um, you know, every fourth episode or so, uh, after we do all the waves and stuff, okay. uh, maybe have an old Thaddeus on. So maybe we could do a green yeah. screen with him too. Mr. T's coming on. I like it. Mr. T Oh, Mr. T. I like that. That's right. Ah, nice. Well, awesome, man. So uh stay tuned for that. We'll be covering some new stuff next week. Uh hopefully we can get Thaddeus on the show. And um 
if you'd like to reach out to us, um, send us an email at uh, turtleflakespodcast@gmail.com. Um, please, I know I've been begging for a review for a while, but we've not received a review in, in close to a year uh, <laughs> on oh, iTunes. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you're on iTunes or you prefer that interface, um, something that really, really helps out the show uh, and gets more listeners involved is uh, more reviews. And we would love to have a, you know, a, a nice five-star review. It makes us look good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll also accept constructive criticism as always. You know, or if you want to make fun of Josh, I completely understand. Um, just, just go ahead and do that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll even, I'll help you out. Just go to my just email me and I'll let yep. you know my faults. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, we got cynic. We got cynic, Josh. We've got uh, uh, P- Optimus or uh, um, yeah, Optimus, Optimus Josh. Yeah, Optimus yeah. Josh. Yeah. Optimus Josh. And then we've got um, let's see, self loathing Josh or crybaby Josh. <laughs> <laughs> So he can tell you all of his problems. Just send him an email. Yeah. Don't tell and... me your problems. You're going to hear <laughs> You don't have time for that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, please write us a review. That would be great. And if you want to just give us a call, um, you know, about any topics that uh, we've covered on the show or if you just want to talk about the TMNT in general, uh, give our TurtleCom uh, call. We've not gotten a message in a couple weeks. And our uh, phone number is 865-309-4875. So give us a call there, and we'd love to hear from you. So on uh, on that note, my man, what kind of pizza are we going to have to close out today's Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes, Ozhead? I'm sorry. My phone keeps going off. I'm trying to shut it off here. No, I uh, love it. It's great. It adds to the retro atmosphere. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna jump into the deep end here, and I'm going to suggest we do that pierogi pizza. So, you know. We're gonna have a potato and cheese pierogies with some sausage in there, just because we oh gotta have, some, you know, <laughs> with some with uh, topped with, let's see, uh, cheddar cheese on this one. I think that's what we. Oh we're my gosh! Doing. All right, sounds good. It's going for those Saturday calories because we all got okay. furniture to move and stuff to go. There, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely, darn right. Well, all right, dude, that's here's to hoping you enjoy your uh, cheddar cheese, uh, sausage, potato. Uh, pierogi pizza. <laughs> Calabunga, dude. Calabunga, everyone. Just like, hey, so, Josh, what are we talking about? Oh, don't worry. The comic book sucks. The cartoon is great. <laughs> Go watch it. Leave us a review. 7 out of 10. Boom. Done. <laughs> it's too bad you stopped recording because that would have been a great ish- intro right there. It's like, oh, the comic actually, sucks. I- the cartoon is lame. This podcast is over. See you Cow- next week. Cowabanga. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and stay tuned for another episode where <laughs> it's like well, here's a Josh preview of the other. Is off the show. Never mind. <laughs> it's like a preview of the next episode, and it's you. This issue sucks. I'm kind of like the. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I'm kind of like the Gaston turtle flakes. You know, <laughs> Gaston, wow, I've never heard that announced before. <laughs> Nicole called me Gaston yesterday because we were watching Beauty and the Beast, and I'd never seen Beauty and the Beast before. What? Really? Yeah, I'd never seen it, and um, there's a couple of old school Disney movies I haven't seen, uh, because when I was a kid, it was all about Aladdin and Lion King. That was, oh, yeah. two, you know, <laughs> and, and Aladdin's probably my favorite Disney movie, And but I was watching Beauty and the Beast yeah. yesterday. And Gaston's at the point where he's in the tavern singing about, you know, I used to eat six dozen eggs to make myself large and everything. 
And my wife starts, Nicole, she just starts laughing. I said, what? And she's looking at me like, she's like, you're an idiot. You're just like this guy. Like, oh. How am I the bad guy in this movie? Who's like, idea of a romantic gesture is to force a woman into marrying him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, um, so I guess to start everything off, first of all, I do apologize for us taking a week off. I was kind of uh, a little bit behind editing some other shows um, I'm a part of. And speaking of which, I've got a new show uh, that I do with a good buddy of mine called Star Wars Ties. So it's kind of in the style of this show. And, you know, it's my shameless plug here. It's kind of in the style of this show where, you know, we break comics down. We break some of the novels down. It, it relies more on... Um, the Star Wars literature, but we do talk about uh, Rogue One, we do talk about the movies, and then anything else in uh, Star Wars news. So if you're a Star Wars fan, go check that out. But anyways, the reason I there was a little bit of delay is I was just kind of a little bogged down editing that show, and then there was an ep- episode of Retro Junkies um, I needed to edit, because I recorded it about three months ago. <laughs> oh, wow. And I felt, I felt so bad, because the guest I had on the show, uh, Nick DeMarco, fellow Retro Junkie, good guy. I feel so bad because, like, you know, he was, he was all excited. He's like, oh, so when's that episode coming out? And this was, like, a week after we recorded. And just ah, just things kept getting crazy. But honestly, I'll own it. I just didn't get around to editing it in time. Um, and so I, you know, I uh, had to edit that, too. I just I was really starting to feel really bad about it. I just listened to that show yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, thanks, I, did, man. I haven't finished it yet, but I listened to it, yeah, because I'm, I'm still subscribe to the Retro Junkies podcast, so it just downloads automatically. <laughs> Thank you, so, man. But, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was the uh, the Atari Man episode, wasn't it? That's, That's right. Atari Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was talking about, like, doing the pixel art with the beads and everything. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about when he did a Donkey Kong pixel art, and he was, like, talking about the sh- different shades of brown. And just, yeah. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he, was, he actually did a, a, a Bebop and Rocksteady one, too, that he said Rocksteady was really tough because of all the different shades of gray and, and all that stuff. Oh, man. Must be 50 shades of them. Oh. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Man. Man. Shades darker, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a request, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, for your Star Wars tie episode. Oh, please. For your podcast. If you ever do a Shadows of the Empire episode, I want to be on that. Oh, of course. Sounds good. Because that's ah. like the one like expanded universe thing I've gotten into. You ta- so. All right, now are you talking about the video game or the book? Either one. I, I, because I love that game, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, come on the show. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah, I love that stupid N64 game. It was bad. I recognize it was bad, but it was so cool. Well, at the time, it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, it was. Man, I love that fight with Boba Fett when you're, just, oh, yeah. you're fighting him on the train, and then you get to that big warehouse, and Slave 1 rises up. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You're like, I've been away from you for a day. Two more, and I'll be dead. <laughs> You know, my, my wife, she left for like a week last year, uh, just, just kind of, you know, because she was getting a little bit of cabin fever from maternity leave and stuff, and she left with the baby for, oh gosh, all close to a week. God, I miss them, because I was working and stuff, and she was still on leave, and she went to go hang out with uh, my mother-in-law, and golly, I, I, I couldn't function after a couple of days. I was like, oh, I miss my family. Yeah. Yeah, jeez, but, um, yeah, but anyways. I, um, oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. I was going to say, like, my wife last year went to a work seminar, and she was gone for four days. And I was just, I was just so 
lost. Because first, yeah. I still had all the kids. So I was like, <laughs> I had no idea what to do. So like, every, like it, I didn't realize how much I, you know, kind of asked her to do for me. Yeah, Just because I was like, I have to change every single diaper. I have to cook every meal. I have to clean. I have to clean and vacuum every single floor three times a day because kids are messy. You know? <laughs> I have to make sure the bathroom's. Stay. I didn't realize how much my wife did, you know. And yeah. then she goes to work, and yep. uh, it's like that Cinderella song. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yep. <laughs> and then I prom- I asked her, like, please don't ever, just never leave me. She's like, no problem, don't worry. The next seminar is in a year. Don't worry about it. So now I'm looking. Yeah, doing the countdown. <laughs> Not looking forward to, but I'm looking at that date in May. It's like, ugh. Oh, gotta get ready. <laughs> I do it again. This virus that was in my mouth just kind of like is like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna make them yep. wait. <laughs> I'll strike when I want to. So it's like I have the T virus and the. I was about to say the T virus, the tooth virus. Yeah, the tooth virus. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which isn't too terribly hard. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me because I suck at house maintenance, me but too. I know how to. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I feel bad for Nicole because she ends up doing it. I just kind of end up holding stuff for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that looks heavy. I need you to lift that. Okay, no problem. <laughs> no, I can do that. And yeah. then you're like, oh, God, that is heavy. I pulled my back out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to go lay down. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>